question from last week. Uh, how can I use my existing ill health to practice and contemplate on the Dhamma? Many times the body doesn't have enough energy because of pain. My mind is calm, but I find it difficult to sustain my meditation for longer periods. So samadhi is the firm concentration of the mind. Uh, that peacefulness, it's not that we don't have any thoughts at all. Um, if we're trying to get and to achieve that uh, state of one-pointedness, then we won't be able to, to do it and we'll find it very difficult to do. Um, when the body is sick, uh, this is Dhamma. Uh, and the body, uh, it is Dukkhang, which means uh, it's, uh, it's difficult to endure or it's uh, not enduring. Uh, and we should contemplate this often in order for wisdom to arise. Uh, the Buddha taught that uh, this body is uh, dukkhang, it's uh, difficult to endure, it doesn't uh, endure or stay. Uh, and so we contemplate this often and uh, peacefulness can r arise bit by bit uh, with our contemplation. So we develop our mindfulness and establish awareness with the body, seeing that it is a heap of suffering, of, of dukkha. Uh, whatever organs uh, that we contemplate within the body, uh, it's full of sickness, this, this body. And whether it's the eye, we can contemplate that uh, it's, uh, if it uh, decays, deteriorates, uh, then there's sickness that arises. Uh, and so if we can reflect on this and we can accept uh, this truth, uh, we can have rapture arise, inner happiness arise. Uh, the mind can be uh, very peaceful. So we contemplate this a lot until our samadhi can arise and then wisdom uh, can arise. And if our barami is enough, then we'll be able to see clearly into this. Even the disciples of, uh, the noble disciples in the time of the Buddha, uh, they may have had uh, sickness as well. Uh, one monk in particular had a uh, very uh, severe sickness uh, and no one was looking after him and the Buddha uh, came to help and to wipe uh, him down and uh, so that this monk would feel a bit more at ease. And through the power of uh, the Buddha, he gave a teaching and uh, this monk contemplated into it and attained to becoming an arahant. Uh, so we ourselves can contemplate as well um, like this or into the body, into sickness. Uh, and if we're able to make uh, the mind peaceful, then we can see the Dhamma. Uh, and so we should establish our sati, our mindfulness uh, on the body, take that as the object of our recollection. Uh, we contemplate it often and uh, we may be able to see into the nature of the physical formation body or heap that it is of the nature to to cease to, and to to decay and if we see this we'll see the dhamma so the question is uh, 
why in the history or the life story of the Buddha are there so many events that took place in Savati and Kapalavatu. And so we see that there are <coughs> indeed a great many stories and events that took place in Savati where the founder of uh, Buddhism, the Lord Buddha, spent a great many rains retreats there more than other locations. We see that Savati had great or great uh, attendant or supporter of the Buddha Sasana, which is Anattapindaka, and great incredible amount of faith in the Buddha. And we see that Anattapindaka first met the if I'm not mistaken, first met the Buddha in Rajagaha and then invited the Buddha to come to Savati and then establish the Jaitavana monastery there. And at the Jaitavana monastery, the Lord Buddha laid down many of the Vinaya rules, the discipline for monastics, and taught a great many suttas, like the Mangala Sutta. Uh, for instance, this is all at Savati. And also King Kosala is uh, the king of that city and had great faith in the Buddha as well. And so a great many uh, of the individuals living in that city as well had faith in Buddhism. Many wealthy and influential citizens of Savati and other people as well. And so in terms of Kapalawatu, the Buddha went there to teach his father and his relatives and family and there were many people, like princes and royalty, from the palace that followed the Buddha to ordain. For instance, Rahula, the Buddha's son, ordained and realized arahantship as well. So these are just some examples. Question from today, from Amy. How many lifetimes does it take to become... Sorry, how many lifetimes will it take to become a Sotapanna if someone practices non-stop uh, continually, uh, one sincerely um, and does it properly, then uh, within seven years, then one is able to attain to noble virtues, uh, the highest of becoming an Arahant uh, that's overcome all the gilesas and mental defilements. If not, then uh, to the level of anagami, non-returner, or to a noble attainment lower than that. For those who have a lot of arami, then they're able to uh, achieve that with it maybe six years, five, four, or three years, and they'll be able to gain uh, the results or attainments from that uh, practice. But it is up to uh, one's... Uh, Mind, uh, that up to one's practice of um, practicing the four satipatthanas in a continual way. Um, one's samadhi has to be um, sort of there all the time, uh, that sort of peacefulness and uh, to the level of at least upajara samadhi, which is access concentration. Uh, so, But if, if one's just starting out, then it will take time. Uh, but however it is, you don't really worry about that. Uh, just do as much as you can according to your strength, uh, and then uh, you will see the Dhamma and attain to at least uh, Sotapanna.
Thank you, Lung Po, for your generous teaching and opportunity to join you. Over the left shoulder of Lung Po Anan and Ajahn Larry, there is a fan on a stand. Is there a significance to this fan? And so the ceremonial fan that you see is used in various ceremonies uh, that uh, monks may conduct, uh, like giving the lay people the precepts, then uh, they would use the fan, that fan, uh, to put in front of them. Um, And so uh, maybe in the past as well, uh, they would chew betel nut as a way to make themselves uh, maybe have more beautiful conduct uh, and this would be used to give the precepts. Um, But uh, these days it's used for various ceremonies uh, but usually in maybe the more forest monasteries, they may not use the fan very much, um, but it is also used in the ordination ceremony where the upajaya, the preceptor, will give a, the blessing at the end and they will use the, the fan then uh, or other various ceremonies. In Sri Lanka, Burma, they may use the fan a lot more. Uh, the, the monks there may hold this fan and, and use it regularly. So it also may be used during chanting, uh, especially the nighttime or overnight chanting. Uh, so maybe the monks are staying up all night um, without sleep and then uh, also chanting. And so if they they don't have a fan, then uh, the, the lay people may notice a lot more that the monks aren't chanting that, that properly or one of them forgets to chant and it's really noticeable. Um, but if there's a fan in front of them, then uh, this is less noticeable and looks a, lo- a lot more proper. Um, so if even one monk's stopping, then the other can sort of fill in and you won't really be noticeable and it will still look quite proper in, in these types of ceremony. You have good eyes uh, to notice, or good wisdom, you'd say, to, to notice uh, these things. And Venerajan will ask the monks there, asking them why we use them. Maybe you're not sure if they can answer or not. Question from uh, past week from Jenny. Uh, can Tanajan please explain Vipassana and Yoniso Manisakara meditation technique? Uh, and how do we practice to develop calmness and not to get emotional brackets yet maintain metta and empathy uh, when we see our family and friends in tears of misery or suffering? So Yoniso Manisakara is uh, using a very... uh, why uh, maybe refined uh, type of wisdom and so the manisakara in the word in the pali word then uh, can be a maybe refined determination uh, it's used to contemplate into various things uh, 
uh, in order for one to consider it clearly and to gain clarity uh, and understanding into that that thing that one is taken for contemplation or consideration. So this is Yoniso Manisakara. Uh, and so it can take up a problem or an issue in order to uh, give it consideration, to contemplate it. And just like if, say, maybe one's chanting, one uses the Yoniso Manisakara in order, a wise uh, consideration in order to reflect and think of the translation of that chanting, the meaning of that as well, while one's chanting as well. And so some people don't even uh, think of what the translation is, uh, of the meaning of, of the what they're chanting, but for other people, uh, they can do it at the same time. Uh, so it's a wise consideration in order to bring up uh, clarity and bring up wisdom. Uh, and so there's many ways that one can use this um, wise consideration um, to contemplate many things in terms of uh, the four noble truths. Uh, and then one with this will be able to overcome that issue or that problem and uh, do it through logic and, and reasoning. So we have to then uh, try to train in this, in developing these types of thoughts of, of wisely considering, wise reflection, uh, and this will lead to wisdom to arise and also peacefulness to arise. Uh, and this is, uh, if this arises, this is the, uh, one will have the quality of metta, of loving kindness there in the heart. And so one can develop the peacefulness through whichever method uh, that is appropriate for oneself and then one contemplates into and uses uh, the Yoniso Manisakara, wise reflection, wise consideration in order for wisdom to arise. And this will be coming from reasoning and let's say logic or from, from considering it properly and one will gain clarity in that thing that one is uh, considering uh, and so it can also be uh, seeing everything as falling under the three characteristics of impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and not-self. Uh, one can see with that wise consideration, wise reflection, one can see that all these uh, uh, mind states uh, arise and and pass or uh, see all the sense contact uh, as arising and passing, or seeing the world and understanding the benefits of the world, but also the blame and fault there, um, and not being deluded in the eight worldly conditions. Uh, so it's sort of thoughts in a intelligent uh, way that has wise uh, consideration. Uh, and so it is also part of the four bases of success. And so one, when one is using it for vipassana to develop insight, uh, the last base of success is the vimangsa, which is like a, a aspect of wisdom or one uses one's mindfulness and wisdom uh, and uh, contemplates to understand into the four 
noble truths or understands it according to the noble truths, and then one can understand the Dhamma. Uh, one will gain success in that with that reflection. Uh, and so it also can be used in uh, learning and studies in the same way that one uses it in one's Dhamma practice. Uh, it brings up wisdom. Uh, one, If one uh, develops it, then one will live in society, in social groups with uh, less suffering. One will be with uh, friends, family members, uh, and have less suffering. Uh, one will be able to, to forgive others. Should be enough for today. I'll give the blessing. <clears throat> yeah. Just as rivers full of water entirely fill up the sea. So will what he been given bring blessings to departed spirits. May all your hopes and all your longings come true in no long time. May all your wishes be fulfilled. Like on the 15th day, the moon. Or like a bright and shining gem. May all misfortunes be avoided. May all illness be dispelled. May you never meet with dangers. May you be happy and live long. For those who are respectful, who always honor the elders, four are the qualities which will increase life, beauty, happiness, and strength. May every blessing come to be. And all good spirits guard you well. Through the power of all Buddhas. Through the power of all Dhammas. Through the power of all Sanghas. May you always be at ease.